Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas, Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out, right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. And you want to talk about great baseball players and classy baseball players. One of the names that always comes up is Rod Carew. He's had a magnificent career, and he's got a new book out that you got to check out called One Tough Out. Talks about his childhood, and we're going to talk a little about that, growing up in Panama and so forth. Rod, first of all, welcome to the show. You lost a teammate this week. I know you didn't. You only played with him, I think, one season, Jim Mudcat Grant. What are your memories of him? Well, first of all, Steve, thanks so much for having me on. And secondly, uh, I roomed with uh, Mudcat Grant for about a half a year uh, when I first came up to the big leagues. Um, great guy. You know, there, mm-hmm. there are no bad things you can say about him. You know, he was into the entertainment business. He loves singing. And that, you know, like uh, parties for the team, you always pick up a mic and started singing, and guys would enjoy him very much. So, um, and I was really sorry to hear about his, his passing. Um, but Tony, Tony Oliva was out here uh, in California for a couple of weeks ago and went to see him and, and um uh, said he wasn't doing too good, you know, but yeah. Mudcat was a heck of a nice guy. Well, I'm really glad to hear that. I was a fan of his. He pitched for the Oakland A's. I grew up watching the A's for a brief period of time, and what little I knew of him other than on pre- and post-game shows, he sounded like a really good guy and uh, seemed like a guy who enjoyed baseball. And you did, too. Your book is really interesting. You grew up uh, in Panama. That was a tough time, right? I mean, we're talking about now uh, the 1940s, early 50s. Uh, Panama was not an easy place to grow up. No, not for me. Uh, it wasn't because my uh, dad, you know, abused me when I was a, a young uh, child. So... You know, I, I the the good memories that I have about Panama is uh, being out on the ball field playing baseball, and um, when when I was out on the field, I was just uh, better than the other guys. I never worried about what was happening to me at home. But um, you know, I've got some good memories from there, and uh, it led me right to the major leagues because you know I, I promised my mom that one day. I would uh, get to the big leagues. You know, I wanted to play in front of 40,000, 50,000 people. So once I I got to the major leagues and played a game in New York, and she was in New York and invited her out to the game, and she she says, well, you did it. You know, the house is full and you're playing, and and, uh, she was just ecstatic. So um, good things then. I mean, good things happened. Mm-hmm. for me to get to that point. You know, and you, you talked about growing up and the difficulties w- with some of that that you had, but when I got into the business, you were just towards the end of your career, and the one thing I remember is everybody 
liked you. I mean, you never heard the press talk bad about you or anything like that. Do you think some of that came up from, from growing up tough? It, it made you kind of really be aware of what uh, and, and not to pass on any kind of negativity? Because, again, you, uh, I heard nothing but good things. Well, you know, I promised myself that um, I wasn't going to think about the past, that I'm, I was going to look towards the future. And I got involved with helping a lot of kids that were abused by parents. So, uh, you know, it, it kept me kept me abreast of what was going on. And, and so that's what I continue to do to see if I could help them in somehow, some way that they could talk to me or talk to someone that, uh, that would help them. So, um, it, it, it was good, you know, it was good during that time. Yeah. Well, I know you guys had, uh, Moved to the Bronx, up to Washington Heights, and you attended George Washington High School, and you were signed to play professional without playing high school ball, which is unheard of. Why didn't you play for the high school team, and how did signing with the Twins come about then? Well, you know, I was told by my coach that I wasn't uh, good enough, um, because I only went out my senior year. But, you know, I played on Saturdays uh, in the uh, Bronx League um, that we played all over New York. This friend of mine took me with him and got me on the team. And uh, his dad was more uh, worked for the, the scout that the Twins had in New York. So he recommended me, and uh, then the scout came out and started following me around. And you know, I was having a good time and having a good year. And uh, next thing you know. Uh, the twins were interested in me, so you know I ended up signing with them uh, after my class graduated. You know, people think of you; they think of hitting, and for good reason. From the very first day, what did you go? I think you went uh, two hits in your first game, five for five. A week, a uh, few weeks later, uh, what's your philosophy of hitting, and how did it just take so naturally uh, right from the start? Well, you know, I was I was gifted, you know. Um, uh, God gave me that gift, you know, and he said, uh, this is what I'm going to give you, and I want you to work at it and make yourself better, and don't just take it for granted And uh, because you're going to get the opportunity to, to play Major League Baseball. So, you know, I worked on, uh, on, on my hitting. Every day I took ex- extra batting practice because, like I said, you know, the gift was mine. And the more that I worked, the more that I started improving, and the more I saw that I could do other things that was going to make me better. So um, I, I, until the day I retired, I took ex- extra hitting. Well, I remember an article I read. It was, I think it was a Sports Illustrated. We were talking with Ted Williams about hitting. I mean, what, 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 do you remember that much? And what a fascinating conversation with it, because he's got kind of vision the way you do. It must have been incredible. Well, you know, Ted, it was good to talk to him, but he wanted everyone to hit like him, you know, and I saw it with some of the uh, kids that played uh, with Washington and also with Texas that, you know, they they used to complain to me about while we talked about hitting. Uh, they would say, well, you know, Ted wanted me to do this, but it wasn't comfortable. And, you know, I finally told him, I said, you know, you have to figure out for yourself What's comfortable? What's going to make you hit? Because you can't hit like somebody else. 
Um, and I'm sure that it was good advice that Ted was giving him. But, you know, we all have to find ourselves. We have to do what's more comfortable for us than uh, what someone's trying to preach to you. And, you know, as a hitting coach, after I retired, that's what I tried to talk to the kids about. Tell me what you want to do, you know, and, yeah. and we'll get to that point. We'll work at it and get to that point. Not, you know, you have to do this or you have to do that. You know, I want to make you comfortable in the batter's box. So you've got to let me know what you want to do that's going to make you improve and become a better hitter. Let's talk about some of those Minnesota teams because I remember they were loaded. I mean, you had Harmon, Killebrew, Tony Oliva, Zoli Oversize. Uh, it, it must have been a... Um it must have been a great place to go because you, you go to a place that was already uh, had a hell of a lineup and uh, you fit right in. Well, you know, I was more of a power hitter uh, before I signed with the Twins. And they told me that since I ran so good that they were going to put me in, in the top of the lineup and they'd like me to steal some bases uh, when, I, when I could and set up runs for the other guys to, to drive me in. Well, the Twins at the time had about six or seven guys that could hit home runs. So I disciplined myself into doing what I could do best, and that was to use the whole field to hit, drop a bunt down here and there, and then steal a base every now and then. So um, it, it really helped me out because they told me, you know, to just do that and try not to swing the fences like a lot of guys were doing. Yeah. Was that a difficult adjustment? It sounds like you just took it on and went with it. And as you say, I mean, I guess ultimately when you look at your entire career, that probably uh, got you further, like you say, because there wasn't anybody or very few people that could hit the way you did. Well, it didn't hurt me at all. You know, it just made me use from the left field foul line to the right field foul line and hit the ball where it was pitched and not try to pull the ball or try to, you know, get onto the ball to hit fly balls because, you know, I learned that there aren't too many fly balls base hits unless someone lost the ball in the sun. I just disciplined myself to, you know, hit line drives, hit the ball on the ground, and use the whole field to hit. Well, you really did. In fact, I remember a number of years where your name was mentioned with 400. Now, that's a pretty tough, uh, that's a pretty tall order, but was that something that drove you? Did you Were you looking at that constantly, trying to see if you could have a 400 season, or is it just one of those things that you don't want to spend too much time on because it's such a difficult outing? Well, you know, I got paid to get base hits and to, and to get on base. I never thought about hit, hitting 400. Um, people made a big fuss about it because Ted Williams was the last person to do it, and people thought that I could. Um, I just had a very uncanny season that everything that I hit seemed to find a hole and uh, gave me a lot of a lot of basis and gave me the notoriety to, you know, as far as the 400 mark went. More with Rod Carew, who in his incredible 19-year career was selected to 18 All-Star teams. He's the all-time All-Star vote leader with 33 million votes. This is Vegas Never Sleeps. This is Justin Shando, the 2010 Ultimate Elvis Tribute Artist. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Let's go to Vegas, baby. Let's go tonight. Let's go to Vegas. We'll 
Would you like to hear better for as little as 10 cents a day? Now you can with the all-new Audion hearing aids. The average hearing aid lasts about three years. Ours at only $99 a pair means you're paying as little as 10 cents a day to hear better. And to make things even better, we'll give you a 45-day money-back guarantee. Skip the doctor and get hearing aids delivered straight to your door. We've eliminated all the middlemen to offer you a factory direct price of only $99 a pair. Join over 300,000 people just like you who took advantage of our 45-day trial offer. Now you can hear better too for just 10 cents a day. Call now and order your $99 pair of Audion hearing aids with a 45-day money-back guarantee. Plus, get free 3-5 to day shipping. 800-402-7914 800-402-7914 That's 800-402-7914. If a natural disaster comes knocking, how prepared is your family? You can't just close the door on earthquakes, floods, or hurricanes and hope they go away. That's why it's important to make a plan now. Ready.gov slash plan has the tools and tips you need to prepare your family for an emergency. So if disaster shows up at your doorstep, you'll be ready. Visit ready.gov slash plan and make a plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? Low-cost airlines. With one call to low-cost airlines, you'll drastically slash your travel costs. We're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations. Where would you like to go? London, Rome, Costa Rica, Australia? Wow, that's cheap. So why wait? Call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the U.S. or international. Our prices are so low, we can't publish them. The only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airline travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-430-7923-800-430-7923-800-430-7923. That's 800-430-7923. Now let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. We are talking with Rod Carew, only the 22nd player in history to be voted into Baseball's Hall of Fame on the first ballot. One of the frustrating things has to be is as great a your career has been, Hall of Fame, uh, not having played in the World Series. That has to be difficult, but I guess it's something that you just have no control over. That's true. You know, Billy Williams, uh, Ernie Banks, and I, you know, we never was given or we never had the chance to to um to play in a world series the closest i came is my first year going into boston leading uh the red sox by uh two games i think it was and all we had to do was lose uh win one and that was the final day of the season and uh they ended up taking both games from us and um after that it was trying to get back in by uh, winning your division and hoping that, you know, it'll give you a chance to, to get there. But, you know, I, I never did, so I never complained. I just sat at home in the off season and watched the guys uh, go out and have fun. 
the one thing you can say is the Twins and the Angels, though, uh, pretty good teams nonetheless. I mean, they may not have gotten to the World Series. Uh, in the case of the Twins, it just seems like the Orioles were always there because they were just, as a whole team, just a little bit better than you guys. Yes, they were. They just beat up on us, you know, and, and they had a great pitching staff, you know, which uh, we didn't have a great pitching staff uh, compared to, to Baltimore, but um, the guys over there, Palmer, McNally, Tommy Sebus, um, uh, Pat Dobson, those guys, uh, you put them out and, on the mound, and boy, they're going to give you a tough, a tough go at it. Well, I want to talk about your book, but before we get into that, one last thing about baseball itself. As you watch the game today, and it's a different game than when you played it, what are your thoughts of it? Is, is it is it better? Is it worse? It's a, it, it seems slower than it was when you played. What, what are your thoughts? I don't think it's it's a good game today. I don't think that players uh, today know how to play the game. Uh, you know, we were taught to play the game in, in thirds. You know, the first three innings, the second three innings, the last three innings were the most important part of a ball game because that's when you had to make sure that you know the knowledge of the game and what you're supposed to do in certain situations, uh, giving yourself up, not thinking about yourself, but thinking about the ball club. Today, um, you know, plus starting a runner off at second base, you know, to me, I saw that in softball and then here it is in baseball. And sometimes they don't move the guy, uh, not realizing how many more opportunities you can score a run from third base than uh, from second base. And so a lot of times the clubs are leaving the guy at second base and they end up losing the ball game. So um, home runs, guys striking out a lot, uh, the longest walk to the dugout uh, on the baseball field was from home plate back to the dugout, dragging your bat. So um, uh, they're not making guys good hitters by trying to get them to swing up and, and, and go for home runs because it's not everyone that's going to hit a, a home run when he gets up to home play. There's some guys that are line drive hitters, guys that have good speed that's not taking advantage of their speed by hitting fly balls instead of trying to hit the ball on the line or, or on the ground. Uh, yeah. But that's the way the game, that's the way the game is played. So, um, and that's why players today aren't having uh, as great a success as, as, as we had when we played the game. Yeah, too much of an emphasis on analytics, you think? Yeah, too much. Too much. You know, it's, uh, they talk about give, not, not giving up outs to, to get runners in. You know, Baltimore was the only club that I saw uh, when I played early in, in my career that they just waited on the long ball, but they had the guys that could do it, and and they uh, formed a, a winning uh, teams by doing that. But uh, there are a lot of clubs that can. You know, there are a lot of clubs that has to play the game, you know, the yeah. way it was taught when when you're growing up. Well, you got a book out. Uh, it, it's been out, actually, One Tough Out, Fighting Off Life's Curveballs. It came out in paperback last month. And it's a great book because it's not just about baseball. You talk specifically about some of those uh, 
curves of life throw you, including the bravery of your daughter battling leukemia, and you had a heart transplant. I think that's great. What was the message you're trying to get across to fans that maybe thought, oh, he's just going to talk about hitting again or what have you or your, your career? No, just people have to understand that, um, you know, God made us. He gave us uh, healthy bodies, and he gave us a heart that he wanted us to take care of. And a lot of people don't do that. And, you know, um, heart disease is like the number one killer in this country. So instead of looking at everything from the outside, you also have to look on the inside. And so um, uh, I'm dedicated to try to pass the, the word on to people that, you know, make sure that they're healthy also on the inside. Don't just look good on the outside. Yeah. Uh, because I never, I never had any problems at all on the outside, but I don't know what was <laughs> happening on that inside that, uh, that I knew nothing about until one day it happened to me. What I also thought was really encouraging and really uh, it's something that people don't think about is these curveballs that you get thrown, you know, you have to deal with them and you do. And it, it kind of is a, I thought you talked a lot about bravery and so forth. And some of that is just like, all right, you got to accept this. Let's deal with it. Yes. You know, and, and, and you have to have faith. You know, you, you have to have faith in, in, in whatever you do. And so I relied a lot on that, too, and I relied a lot on God, you know, keeping me straight and, and, and maintaining his health towards me as I went through my career. Uh, my mom always told me, you know, that God's always going to be in your back pocket. He's going to be pushing you. He wants you to work. And so love him, have faith in him, and don't worry, you know. And, and so that's the way I just uh, live my life and carry my life on uh, and trying to help people. You know, that's, that's the main thing that I find that I really love to do, you know, give a, give a helping hand when I can. Well, and I think that faith is why, as I said before, everybody liked you. People can realize that because you were comfortable with who you were and you knew who you were serving. And I think uh, that really came across. And I think we do a lot of good by the examples we set. Well, that is true. You know, I played with a, with uh, two guys, Tony Oliva and uh, Harmon Killebrew. You know, and Harmon used to tell me, he used to call me Charlie because after my first year, he couldn't call me Rook <laughs> anymore. And he always told me, you know, he says, Junior, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. So be nice to people, and it will always come back to you. And, and fortunately, uh, that, that has happened. So uh, thanks to Harmon and uh, Tony Oliva, who were my two best teachers, that, um, you know, I'm, I'm still making them proud of me. I know you are. And with Oliva, we all know how good Killebrew was, and Oliva was a great ball player. How good do you think he would have been if he hadn't been injured so much? Because I, I remember baseball cards of him hitting 320 and what have you. He was a good ball player. Yes, he was an outstanding ball player. And if he hadn't gotten hurt so much, uh, or his knees were such a big concern, he would have uh, he would have been in the Hall of Fame today because he is a great hitter. He's a great teacher, and I'm telling you that, that he's just a special guy. 
Tony never met someone he didn't like. Every he talked to everyone, had a smile for everyone, and um, we roomed together for twelve years. I was a rookie when I came up, and he took me in and uh, taught me how to tie my first tie, taught me about playing the game, uh, taught me about um, how to handle myself within the game and outside of the game. So uh, he was a big influence on me. What is it about Minnesota? I mean, you guys, even I think post uh, that time with Kirby Puckett and so forth, it seems like it attracts uh, a kind of a nice personnel. Was that a good community to play in? Did you enjoy playing back there? Oh, yeah. We we loved it. You know, um, people were great. They... um, you know, they saw me come in as a young player, and they saw me leave as a as a grown man uh, after spending 12 years there. And some days, um, I did things that um, were not good on the baseball field, and and some days I did a lot on the baseball field. And they um, they let me know when things when I'm doing things right. You know, I received I think uh, one day seven standing ovations during the, wow. the course of the game, you know? So, um, they'd seen a, a kid come up and a grown man leaving when I was, uh, uh, traded to California. And how did you like playing in Anaheim? How was, what was that like? Playing in Han- Anaheim was great too. You know, Mr. Autry, uh, was a very special owner. And the re- one of the reasons I chose, Anaheim over New York and San Francisco is that Lyman Bostock had came here, may he rest in peace, and Danny Ford had come here also, and the three of us played together in in Minnesota. And they said, Rod, come to the Angels. You know, uh, Gene Autry's great. You love it here. And it's, um, you know, you don't get rain outs. The weather is good. And that's that's why I ended up in California. I still lo- love it here, and people respect me uh, tremendously. And um, I'm I'm just trying to do all the things that I learned in the Twins organization that I brought out here to this ball club and the community also. You're you're still doing some great things. I know you got some new projects going on, including a newsletter and a podcast. How can we all find out more about those? My son says that sometime uh, next month the podcast is going to be out and some of the other things are going to be out. So um, he's helping me with it. You know, he's taking me out of the dark ages and trying to put me back into, <laughs> you know, the, the future world. And um, uh, he's he's just handling things for me that, you know, I knew nothing about. And I'm enjoying it because... Fans are reaching out for me. I'm able to talk to them, answer their questions, uh, wish them a, a happy birthday or anniversary or Father's Day on the, by doing cameo. And yeah. you know, it's um, it's a whole different world for me now. <laughs> well, we still love you out there, Rod, and we will talk with your son, and we will tell everybody when those are ready to appear and how they can uh, listen in or or read uh, what you've got. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed talking with you today. Thank you so much, Steve. I did too, and and thanks for uh, helping us out with the different things that we're doing by having me on your show. Please follow Vegas Never Sleeps on all social media platforms, which includes Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 
And thanks for listening. Today, this is Stephen Maggi reminding you, Vegas never sleeps. Vegas, here we go! Attention timeshare owners, this is an urgent consumer alert from the Timeshare Exit Hotline, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contracts. We're offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare. If you're fed up with the maintenance fees that keep coming and want to learn how you can terminate your timeshare legally and permanently, call today. Even if you've tried before and were unsuccessful in getting rid of your timeshare, Call now and see if we can help. We offer a 100% unconditional client satisfaction guarantee. Make this completely free call and learn how we can help you legally put an end to your timeshare nightmare once and for all. You've got nothing to lose, so call right now to qualify and receive a free consultation. 800-803-5449. That's 800-803-5449. 800-803-5449. 803-5449. Holy gentle giants dog food Batman. I'm Burt Ward, Robin from the Batman TV series. I was the caped crusader and now I'm the canine crusader. After rescuing and feeding 15,500 dogs for 23 years, my wife and I created a natural, low-fat, heart-healthy, made-in-America dog food and special feeding and care program designed to help all dogs live amazingly longer, healthier, happier lives. Our dogs are living as long as 27 healthy, active years. Yours can, too. That's twice their normal lifespan and triple for some breeds. Would you like your dog to live as long as 27 years and still be active and healthy? Gentle Giants Dog Food is complete nutrition for all dogs and puppies, all ages and sizes, and is different from other dog foods without the greasy coating and high fat content that can shorten your dog's life. Try our Gentle Giants life-enhancing dog food for the longer, healthier, happier life of your dog. Everything is expensive right now. Gas, food, you name it. You're spending more, you're making the same or less money. So, what do you do? You rack up credit card debt, that's what you do. It's not your fault, it's the economy. And guess what? If you rack up too much credit card debt like some of us, you can't pay your bills. Then the credit card companies, as nice as they are, start hounding you for money. Then you start your downward spiral. A smart thing for you to do is to call the Zero Debt. They can help you consolidate all your credit card bills into one affordable payment. Millions of people have done it. It works to make you debt-free. Make this free call right now. It costs you nothing to learn more. 800-284-1349. 800-284-1349. 800-284-1349. That's 800-284-1349.